recommend book for her and book for you and me. You'll find good book for everyone at your library. Hello everyone and welcome to Lauren's Library. I am your host, Lauren, and I am here to ramble about book stuff. So grab a seat, grab some coffee, grab a blanket, grab the steering wheel if you're driving because I will not be paying for accidents and get comfortable because we have a lot to talk about. And if you're new here, just wanted to give a special hello to you. Thanks for popping in. Now that you're here, you can't leave. Sorry, those are the rules. So for this episode of Lauren's Library, we're going to talk about authors going rogue, again, <laughs> non-comfort zone reads, and the short story section is going to have a story called Don't Trust Grandma, written by the host, aka me. So gather yourself together so we can get started, okay? I'll give you a couple seconds. So, authors going rogue. So there have been a few recent episodes where I've discussed authors who have temporarily lost their minds, whether they faked their own death like Susan Meachin, unalived their husbands and wrote a book about processing the grief like Cory Dard and Richens, or cyberbullied their one-star reviewers like C Piper CJ. I keep I call her CJ Piper. Huh, anyway, like Piper CJ. The ongoing theme has been authors be doing the most, okay? And the story for this week is no different, even though thankfully no one has lost their lives as a result. But it really does make me question if there's a certain level of crazy that is required to be a published author. I guess we'll have to find out. When I publish my book, I'll report back and let you know. Okay, great. Anyway, an author by the name of Sarah Stusek, I think that's how you pronounce it, I'm really not sure, is now in the hot seat for allegedly bullying a reviewer. So let's get into it. Sarah, known as Sarah Shoops with three O's on TikTok, allegedly bullied one of her reviewers for giving a four-star review on her debut novel, which is titled Three Rivers. The reviewer, whose name is Carly, then went back and docked the book down to one star after Sarah was on TikTok calling this girl every name under the sun, which is quite sad considering the review was actually pretty positive at first. Carly had said that she loved the intricate details of the book, and it was clear that the author was drawing from personal experiences, which she really liked. And she even went on to say that the ending was a bit predictable, but overall the story was incredible. And plus, four stars is an awesome rating for a debut novel. Like, come on now. But unfortunately, that was not good enough for Miss Stusek. No, no, no. Out of the eight people that read her book, that one four-star rating ruined her five-star average and she was not having it. So... Miss Sarah created a TikTok that is now under review for community guideline violations and tore apart the girl's review line by line, calling her a B word because, you know, we don't cuss up here, but she's calling her a B word because she didn't give the book five stars. Book talk caught wind of this and then the spite review started pouring in, aka no one was actually reading the book. They were just giving it one star because she was being a douche canoe. Goodreads has now temporarily suspended the ability to rate and review this book. They is dragging you, girl, because 
if Goodreads has to suspend the ability to write your book, you is doing a lot. Like I, I almost feel bad for that. Almost. But yeah, yeah just keep listening. Now, had this been me and I was the one dumb enough to anger book talk, I would have just sat in my living room in the dark, crying and eating ice cream while I watched my hard work get torn to shreds. Then, when enough time had passed, I would sink out of the shadows with my tail between my legs and apologize for temporarily losing my mind. <laughs> but Miss Stusek did the exact opposite. She doubled down on her BS and said that she was just joking because she's a comedian. And she claims that TikTok is being too sensitive and clearly can't take a joke. But I want to know, where's the joke? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, I watched the videos and I, I didn't see a joke. None of it was funny at all like baby it, it, it wasn't funny <laughs> so book talk is continuing to drag her telling her that she isn't funny and reminding her that the girl she cussed out did not find her funny either but she is currently continuing to yell it with chest saying that she is funny to some people and she won't apologize or explain herself in my humble opinion this stance usually never works out in these situations but do you boo good luck and after following this whole fiasco for the past few days, I feel the need to reiterate that reviews are not for authors. They are for readers. I know you want to stroke your ego by seeing people gush over your stuff, but if you can't even handle a four-star review, then clearly you shouldn't be reading them at all. Stay away from Amazon and Goodreads. Just go about your business, okay? Plausible deniability. Live in, live in denial. Just assume that everyone thinks your book is five stars, but don't go check. Don't verify. Because if you're going to get in your feelings about a four-star review, then what you going to do when the three stars and the two stars and the one stars come in? What you going to do then? Because four stars is really, that's, like, that's an A-. minus. Come on now. Like, really? Some of the comments on the videos are saying that this woman clearly has mental health issues and is unwell. And for that... I implore you to resist the urge to whip out the DSM-5 TikTok edition and try to diagnose this woman, okay? Because I have to ask, why do people feel the need to try and blame ridiculous behavior on mental health issues? Why can't a person just be a douche canoe and that be the end of it? Like there isn't always a diagnosis to explain away bad behavior. Some people just behave badly. The end. <laughs> like there's no, like, oh, well, she has such and such. Like, no, because you've given the people who do have that diagnosis a bad name. Some people just suck. It is what it is. You don't have to stick a mental disorder on it. Just people suck. <laughs> like, I feel like that should be explanation enough. Who am I to judge? I don't know. But again, I ask, why is the bookish community so dramatic? And speaking of dramatic, well, no, not really. I really couldn't think of a, a segue here, but... Yeah, let's just move on to the next section. Okay, let's get into it. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so we all have our comfort reads, right? Like this is a book or genre that you always gravitate towards whenever you're looking for something to read. And for me, it's thrillers. I don't enjoy smut. Dark romances give me the ick. 
and I know nothing about fantasy, to be quite honest. At the beginning of this year, though, one of my resolutions was to read something out of my normal genre to like branch out and try other stuff. I figured if I was going to be a well-rounded reader and be on Instagram and TikTok and all this trying to tell y'all what to read, then I need to be able to recommend books in different genres. I need to be able to poke my head out of the thriller world and try some other stuff. So in, in keeping with that, here are five books out of my typical genre that I actually loved. Okay. First book is Fairy Tale by Stephen King. Now, Amazon lists this one as a suspense thriller, but it's mostly recognized as a coming of age fantasy and a dark fantasy kind of thing. And full disclosure, I am very green when it comes to fantasy. I'm a total newbie and I could probably count on one hand how many fantasy books I've read in my life. That being said, I think this book would be entertaining for people who don't even enjoy fantasy. Stephen King did such a good job of world building and developing the characters that you don't even remember you're reading, which is a big thing for fantasy for me. There's a certain amount of belief suspension required to fully enjoy this genre. And I think he captured that really well because I mean, it's Stephen King. This was actually my first book by him. No kidding. As many books as this man has, <laughs> Fairy Tale is my first book by Stephen King. And I loved it. I was hooked almost immediately. Like I was on the edge of my seat reading this book. And even though it's 608 pages, which is wild, um, I still really enjoyed it. You know, like I didn't even notice it was that many pages. I'm just reading, like falling in love with all the characters, like wishing I was actually in the book and hoping that they made it into a movie. So overall, I rated this book five stars. Okay. The next one that I really liked was The Storytellers by Carolyn McKinley, I think that's how you say her name. This one is listed as a metaphysical fiction and I'm not entirely sure what that even means, but the book was really good. It's about three women who are trapped between life and the afterlife and they meet and share their stories with the gatekeeper who tells them they're on the cusp of entering the afterlife only if they can prove to him that they understood the true meaning of love in their real life. So they share stories, you know, in order to prove that. This was such a thought provoking book with an unexpected twist. I read it out of curiosity because I mean, I, like I said, I have no idea what metaphysical fiction even means, but I ended up loving it, like absolutely loving it. I will recommend it till I'm blue on the face. You should absolutely check it out. The next book that I really liked was Perfect Peace by Daniel Black. This is listed as an African-American historical fiction and literary fiction. And full disclosure, I usually avoid books with black trauma because it feels too close to home sometimes. So I was skeptical about reading this one. Um, it's a book about a family whose youngest daughter, Perfect, was actually a boy. In the mother's desperation to have the daughter that she would never have, she raised her youngest son, Paul, AKA Perfect, as a girl for the first eight years of his life. This book was heartbreaking and upsetting and it was just so hard to get through in some spots, but it changed my view and understanding of gender and gender norms. And it really made me think about some things and rethink you know, my stance on all of things. So five stars. It's heavy though. So make sure you check the trigger warnings first because I will not be responsible if you need therapy afterwards. Okay. I'm, I'm absolving myself of that responsibility right now. Okay. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> anyway, the next book, Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. Before you roll your eyes, because I know everyone was talking about this book. Um, just hear me out. Okay. So I tend to avoid romance novels because there can be a lot of smut and smut makes me feel icky, but everyone was gushing about how good this book was and I wanted to check it out. So this was actually my first book by Kennedy Ryan and it is what started me down the rabbit hole of her work. 
and it's all look amazing to me. There's no shortage of smut in this second chance romance here, but what I appreciate about Kennedy's writing is that it tackles real life issues and relationships, not just smut for smut's sake. But I mean, it's in there. If that's what you need in order to read a romance, it's in there. It, it is in there. Good God, is it in there. Anyway, <laughs> I absolutely love this book and have loved everything by her since. It's absolutely worth the hype, in my opinion. Don't care what you think. I will not be taking comments. Okay, thank you, bye. <laughs> the last book is Delicious Monsters by Lacelle Liz Sandberry. This is listed as a supernatural thriller, which is a little bit closer to my usual genre, but you know, with a little twisty twist of the supernatural. It's a mind-bending psychological thriller about two girls navigating the treacherous past of a mysterious mansion 10 years apart. To be a young adult novel, the writing was incredibly sophisticated with this one. Um, it told a story that had me glued to my seat the entire time. I gave it four stars because there were moments that seemed a little muddled, but I mean, it's still A minus in my book. Please don't come after me like Sarah Stusick. Okay, it's four stars. Four stars is good, okay? Jeez. So yes, these are five books out of my normal genre that I absolutely love. There have been some duds, but these are the shining stars so far. Hopefully you add them to your own to be read list. And if you decide to check them out or you have already read them and want to giggle in a kiki about them, please come find me, okay? Love to talk about books, love to discuss books I've read and even ones that I haven't read. I'm also taking suggestions for genres and books that you'd like me to try. I am open, but only so open. Take me slow, okay? Still not ready for shifter romances just yet. If you shifted into some kind of beastie, please just, no. <laughs> Maybe one day I will wrap my mind around the whole concept, but as of right now, absolutely not. Okay, thanks. So next up, we have the short story section. For this week, we'll be reading, well, I'll be reading, you'll be listening, to Don't Trust Grandma. <laughs> Full disclosure, I think this story is kind of dookie, but I didn't write it for me. I wrote it for you. So we'll let, we'll let you be the judge. It's rough because I wrote it during a lunch break about a year ago, so try not to judge me too harshly. Or if you do, just do it quietly where I cannot hear you. Okay? Thank you. Let's get into it. My grandfather just died. As sad as I was about the entire thing, I can't say that I was truly surprised. The man was old. Even if he didn't act like it, you mean he was still able to run and walk with the best of them. But the fact of the matter remains, no matter how healthy you are, eventually your body just gets too old and tired to continue. I understood this. I worked in a hospital and dealt with death almost every day. It's nothing new. Death was an old friend at this point. My family was a mess, however. Everyone except my grandmother. She had never been much for emotion anyway. Grandpa was the fun-loving, always laughing or smiling, quick to play the practical joke type, while Grandma, well, she was quiet. In my entire 26 years of living, I don't think I've seen her smile even once. She faded into the background most of the time, but you could always catch her looking. She was always watching. It seemed like she was waiting for something. My entire childhood, she always had this distance about her, like we could never get close enough to see the real her. I never felt much of a relationship with her. 
too friendly enough, but it was more like the fake friendly you put on when you're around people you don't really like, but you can tolerate. It sucked that she wasn't the warm and fuzzy type of grandma that you see in the television shows and movies. She didn't bake cookies. She didn't kiss boo-boos. She was the exact opposite. She was cold and uninviting, like a hospital room. It never mattered much before now, because we always had Grandpa to close the distance and warm up the place. But now that he's gone, I can only imagine that things definitely won't be the same. Maybe that's why the family was so broken up about it. They all knew that with Grandpa gone, there would be no one to bring balance to things. This would most likely be our last visit. I looked over at my mother, who was quietly sorting through my grandfather's clothing. We had just arrived from the funeral and wanted to get a head start on helping Grandma pack up his things. And by help, what I mean is, we would do the work while she watched quietly from the other side of the room, only speaking when directly spoken to. If I'm being totally honest, it can be a little creepy sometimes. Like right now, I was lost in thought, but I came to only to realize that she was looking at me, studying me. What is she thinking? How you doing, Grams? Can I get you anything? I offered a smile, and she didn't return it. No, I'm fine. You two are doing all the work. Let me go make you something to eat. No, we're not hungry, my mother snapped from where she stood in Grandpa's closet. We both turned to look in her direction. Mom and Grandma had a strained relationship at best, and a volatile one at worst. Grandma stood quietly for a second before making her way into the kitchen anyway. Well, fine, but you should at least get something to drink to stay hydrated. As soon as she left the room, I walked over to my mother and tapped her shoulder to get her attention. She turned and smiled sadly at me, Grandpa's favorite sweatshirt tucked in her hands. I think I'm going to keep this. It smells like him still. I watched as she lifted the sweatshirt to her nose and took a deep breath. It was a bit weird to me, but people process death in different ways. Who am I to judge that? Ma, you could cut Grandma some slack. I know she's a bit cold, but she did just lose her husband. And I just lost my father. She didn't care about that man. Don't be fooled. Mom was a daddy's girl, for sure. But I never understood why her and Grandma never got along. It was something that happened before I was born that they refused to talk about. No matter how hard I tried to figure out the secret between the three of them, no one would budge. It was the one thing they could agree on. Don't tell Luca. I shook my head and went back to sorting through Grandpa's documents. My cousin Sheila was in the other room collecting his books. Everyone else had left after the funeral because no one wanted to deal with my grandmother. I just cleared through a small section of bills when Grandma re-entered the room carrying one of her favorite glasses. She handed it to me. I took a sip and placed it down on the desk beside me. There were so many papers and documents to look through and I didn't want to get behind. I only had a few days to cackle this stuff before I was due back at the hospital. She stood for a moment and watched me. I do appreciate you doing this. It would have taken me so long to get through it all by myself. She placed a hand on my shoulder and squeezed it slightly. There was a warmth in her touch that didn't quite reach her eyes. I smiled up at her and shrugged. It really was no problem. It helped me feel closer to Grandpa one last time. No problem, Grams. You know I got you, girl. She shook her head at my feeble attempt to make her smile and turned towards my mother. Denise, if you're thirsty, I got more juice in the fridge. Mom didn't even turn around from where she was buried deep in Grandpa's closet. We both heard her muffled voice in response. No, I'm fine. Grandma shrugged and went to go check on Sheila. I took another sip of the juice she gave me. 
Honestly, it was a little bitter to taste, but it's probably just because it was close to expiration date. Older folks love keeping stuff until it's finished, as long as it doesn't smell bad or taste bad. That expiration date is more like just a suggestion. As I reach for another stack of papers on the desk, my knee grazed something under it. I reached down to see if I could locate what I had just hit with my knee. My fingers touched the corner of what felt like a drawer. A secret compartment? What was Grandpa hiding under here? I tugged a little and the opening gave way. Out popped a green notebook and a manila folder, actually addressed to me. I grabbed both and sat back in the chair. In the corner of the manila envelope, it read, Luca, open this in the event of my death. Tell no one. My hand trembled a bit. Was he finally going to tell me why things were so tense in this family? I blinked a little, chugged the last of my juice, and opened the letter. What is that? I jumped a little at the sound of my mother's voice directly behind me. Uh, Grandpa wrote me a letter, probably just some information on how to pay their bills and access their accounts. You know, Grandma was never good with that stuff. I don't know why I lied about it. I guess it's because the letter instructed me not to tell anyone, and the least I could do was honor his dying wish. Mom shrugged, disinterested, and went back into his closet. I really wasn't sure why she was so invested in that closet. The man was old, and so was his style. I stood up with shaky legs and made my way to the guest bedroom and closed the door behind me. If I was going to read whatever this is, I needed to make sure I had privacy. I fanned myself a little bit, suddenly feeling hot. I was definitely going to have to take a look at how the air circulated in this room. It was so stuffy I was starting to sweat. Although, maybe that was because I was suddenly anxious. I opened the letter, blinking a few times to clear my vision. My wife had been bothering me about getting my prescription glasses checked out, but I hadn't had the time. I blinked again, narrowing my eyes to focus on the words. First thing in the envelope was a letter written in Grandpa's familiar scrawl handwriting. While the rest of the world embraced technology and typing in a Word document, good old Grandpa always refused. Dear Luca, if you're reading this, then that must mean I am dead. First, I want to say that I'm sorry and I love you. I hope that you can keep that in mind when you read what I'm about to tell you. I have made a series of decisions in my life that I have come to deeply regret as I grew older. At the time, it seemed like the smart decision, but now I'm not so sure. There's a quiet knock on the door that pulled me out of my concentration. I blinked a few more times, fear and anxiety gripping me. What was going on? What secrets did he have that were so bad? Luca, dear, you all right in there? It was Grandma. I took a deep breath before responding, my throat suddenly feeling dry and constricted. I'm fine, Grandma. Just had to make a quick phone call. Waited until I heard her soft footsteps shuffling away from the door. Whatever was in this letter, I needed to read it fast before someone else came and interrupted me. Second, no matter what they told you, I did not die of natural causes. If I'm dead, it's because your grandmother has finally succeeded in killing me. Luca, I am so sorry, but you need to run. Pack up your things and get as far away from your grandmother as possible. Take your mother with you. I am no longer able to protect the two of you. Your grandmother is a murderer. I was sorting through her belongings a few months ago, and I spotted a box that was never seen before. Inside this box was a pile of old ID cards and passports, all with your grandmother's face on them. All the names were connected to police investigations of missing people and murder victims. I thought it was some kind of joke, but, you know, there's always been something off about your grandmother. In our entire years of marriage together, I had only seen her smile once. And that was when we found your uncle dead in our basement. We never told you, but your mom had a twin brother. They were inseparable up until they were 19 when he died in what we thought was a freak accident. We found him in the basement covered in blood. 
I'm almost certain your grandmother had something to do with it. He had been trying to get me alone to tell me something, but I was too preoccupied with other things to make time for him. He left a flash drive in one of my shoes in the closet. By the time I had found it, it was too late. I don't know how he found out, but he knew, and your grandmother got rid of him. Her own son. I confronted your grandmother about what I had found, and I had never seen someone look so evil. It was like she turned to some type of demon from those movies you watch all the time. You remember those? Your mother's always blamed your grandmother for her brother's death, which is why they're always so strained. I don't know if she knows just how responsible she is, but either way, none of you are safe. I should have turned her in a long time ago when I thought she was responsible for Carter's death, but I couldn't. She's my wife. I love her. That love is what got me and your brother killed. Do not let her age fool you. She is a killer, and once she has her mind set on it, you will die. Take what I have given you and turn it into the police. Do what your uncle and I couldn't. I sat where I was, confused. Was Grandpa losing his mind before he died? No one had mentioned dementia. He seemed coherent enough last time he spoke, although he seemed a little more tired than usual. My head was hurting, my vision blurred a little. I stood up, but felt dizzy and nauseous, so I sat down on the bed. Couldn't get my thoughts together. Is any of this true? I had to know. Luckily, there was a desktop with me in the guest bedroom. Grandma kept it in here because she swore the radiation from the computer would give us all cancer. I powered on the machine and took a deep breath as I waited. The desktop flashed on, I plugged in the flash drive and opened it up. My blood ran cold. Pictures of grandmother's face through different stages of life on countless IDs and passports, different hair colors, different clothing styles. Diana Carmen, Laura Randolph, Rebecca Heath, Mary Owings. There had to be at least 15 names here. There were copies of case files and police investigative reports from investigations that had gone cold. I need to get out of here. I need to think. I tried to stand up, but my legs wouldn't work. It felt almost as if someone was sitting on my chest. Was this a panic attack? My breath was shallow. Something was wrong. Some, someone help, I called weakly. The door to the guest room opened. My mother peeked her head in. At the sight of me, and now in a pile on the floor, she pushed open the door and rushed to my side. Luca, are you okay? What's wrong? What's happening? I couldn't speak. Both Sheila and my grandmother came into the room to see me crumpled on the floor. Their voices sounded like I was underwater. What was happening to me? I needed to get up. I needed to get out of here. I had to run. I needed to get my mother somewhere safe. I needed to get Sheila out of here. Now was not the time for a panic attack. Through blurry vision, I saw Grandma glance up at the computer screen. Her expression hardened. When she looked back at me, the realization of what I now knew was all over her face. As Sheila grabbed the phone to call 911, my mother stroked my forehead, trying to keep me calm. Behind them, Grandma moved quietly over to the computer and closed out the screen I had been looking at and slipped the flash drive into her bra. Neither Sheila nor my mother noticed. I tried to speak. Panic. Attack. I struggled to get the words out. At the sound of my voice, they stopped and looked at me. It was my grandmother who responded. This isn't a panic attack, Luca, she said matter-of-factly. My brain was slow to process her words. This wasn't a panic attack. How did she know that for sure? The juice. The realization made it even harder to breathe. I had drunk that entire glass of juice, even though it had a slightly bitter taste. I had been poisoned by someone that I thought was my family. That's someone I trusted. Why was this happening? Why did she want me dead? I looked up at the three of them. 
Last bits of my vision swimming and blurring. Sheila and my mother watched me both frantic and worried. There was a hint of something in my mother's eye. Was it understanding? Resolve? Couldn't be sure. My brain was getting foggier by the second. But the one thing I could focus on, as it all felt like the life was draining from my body and everything was turning black, was my grandmother's face over my mom's shoulder as she watched me take what I knew would be my last breath. She was smiling. Okay, so what do you guys think? Let me know. Head over to my blog at thebookiebabe.com and poke around a bit, read some stuff, rate some stuff. Make sure you rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you're using. You can follow, like, or leave a message at Lawrence Library Podcast on Instagram, all one word. Um, you can also find me posting detailed reviews on the bookie babe underscore Instagram and on Tiki Tok. Wow. <laughs> on TikTok <laughs> at the bookie babe. But bear with me. Your girl is still new. All the transitions still give me whiplash a little bit. There's a lot to choose from. It's overwhelming, but I'm doing my best. So anyway, I said all that to say, if you want to say hello, there are multiple ways to contact me. Take your pick. But one way or another, I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, guys. Bye, bye, bye.